Uh. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures hey on everyone. my wall. Welcome Every to Saturday, the GFN Philly 215 Question Podcast. A podcast where two guys ask what the one thing is for five different questions to a GFN Philly member. The two guys asking the questions are Bowen Nar and myself, Jim Murphy. Hey, Bowen. Hey, Jimmy. Today, we have a full house of GFN Philly members here to talk about the 10-year anniversary of the group. So in attendance, we have Philip Amoa. Rick Ellis, Terry Kerwin, and Joe Pelleridi. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Question number one. What started as a happy hour at Dandelion 10 years ago, how did GFN Philly get here? I mean, I can start because I think I got the tab. I think we were all in relatively similar points in our career where, I don't know, all of us were on the younger side, the more first starting to build out our own networks. Uh, you know, Jim, we met through a couple of your former Fesnac colleagues playing around at golf that led to, you know, this follow-up happy hour and, and the idea of, you know, leveraging each other's connections. The idea was just to, you know, make connections right away in a very easy, low-key format. And 10 years later, we now have uh, organized podcasts and coffee events and a golf outing. So I think it was a bright idea, Jim. I would agree. I mean, I think, you know, getting people with similar values and interests in the room, I mean, that's really what's kept this group going for as long as it has, because you know, compared to some other groups, right? Not to mention any names that are not around anymore, right? Because it was always very transaction focused. And I think one of the great things about this group of people is that we really cared about each other and we also had similar values. And it was not just about, hey, who's going to give me the next deal or the next opportunity? It's It was really showing up for and supporting our various charities that we, we stood behind. I think that's why we're still here and still going strong. I will say, over the last 10 years, we haven't had to kick anyone out of the groups. I think it does go to the quality of the group. I will say there has been more than a handful of people that said, please take me off of your email distribution list. So they heard a little bit when you get those emails. But for the most part, I think if you're only getting a handful of them over 10 years, you're probably doing something right. Yeah, and I, I think to piggyback, it's a group that is interested in helping each other, not always looking to, you know, how can you help yourself, but how can you, you know, connect two people. I know, Jim, a number of times you've connected me with somebody that has connected with you that's turned into a good long-term relationship. So, you know, if we had a tracker for that kind of thing, I think it would be a pretty long Excel sheet with a maybe a lot of zeros and aggregate deal sizes. It's that uh, the go-giver mentality, right, where it gets referenced all the time in the podcast. Yeah, I think that book's probably been passed around this, definitely this group and, and uh, plenty of others. So, I think the longevity, particularly what all of you gentlemen just spoke to, has to do with the consistency of the high quality of character of individual that gets into this group. We're people that still very much want to hang out with each other. And have evolved over the last 10 years from being a bunch of childish drinking lunatics that we're not <laughs> going to share any of those stories on this podcast. And I think a lot of what when when Jim and, and this core group of people started GFN, I didn't get to go to the first one. I was at the second one. People got in because someone recommended they get in. Right. It's not like you saw it online and you can just hop in like there is a very strong no jerk policy. And we put people in this group that we want to hang out with and we want to help and we want to have relationships with. And that's why we're still sticking around. That's why it's so exciting when we do this podcast, because you learn new things about people that you've known for so long. And the interactivity is is fantastic. All right. Uh, question number two. What do you expect when attending a GFN Philly event? A great question to see you. <laughs> <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a... Too kind. 
I usually just try to meet one new person. I know everybody on this Zoom well. There's other folks that, you know, I've referred to the group that I expect to see. Uh, but even, you know, using tomorrow as an example, we'll have 30 or so folks up at Yards. And I won't know probably 20% of them. So I like the idea that either these people are either newer to the group or I haven't had the ability to spend time with them, you know, at a coffee meetup. I always seem to, you know, at least spend decent time with, with at least one or two, you know, new professionals. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I think it's that plus keeping in touch with the, you know, the old thing, Phil and Joe and, you know, a lot of people that I might not have seen for six months or so, especially nowadays. It's nice to catch up. I expect to be on Zoom because I live in Colorado now and I miss you all. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what I expect. I, and when I was back in town, I would say I'd expect to see the most sport coats of any meeting I could possibly think of. So that's, that's what I expect going to a GFN event. Time out. So are we all supposed to answer each of these or not really? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. Hold on. You've listened to these podcasts. You've been in these. Like, it's chaos. It's just pure chaos. We have no idea what we're doing. Question number three. What's your favorite GFN Philly memory? All, all of our favorite memories are from the early days. And they're all well, stories that we are not going to share on this podcast. It was probably within the first couple of years of the group. It was really when I think the idea of picking a charity, you know, people sign up and there's a cost, and, but we always tried to, you know, have some extra money left over to give to a charity that anyone could recommend. And we rotated it to several. We had a really good event at a restaurant down at the Navy Yard, which, you know, is not as easy to get to as just like a center city happy hour or whatever it was. I think we had maybe over 50 people people there on the second floor met a lot of people i think we raised over a thousand dollars for uh veteran community partnership so to me it was we put a good bit of time into organizing the event but the turnout was excellent people were engaged that one stood out to me early on mine is probably i think it was the first golf outing at bala where the group was kind of getting going and i remember after the outing kind of out on the patio, I guess overlooking the 18th green. There were just a lot of people, just good weather, having a good time, enjoying each other's company, and people people stayed for, for hours. So I think that's kind of when I realized that this is such a great group. I guess talking about charities, I remember I've been pretty active with uh, Cradles to Crayons, and I remember hosting an event at Boyd's, and it was a great feeling to know that when we're trying to get kind of support for the event, Jim was kind to kind of reach out the GF network. We had a bunch of the members show up, right? And that just feeling like you were supported by a group of friends was, uh, I think, one of my kind of favorite memories. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll piggyback off the off the charity comment. I, I actually wound up on the board and treasurer for one of the local charities that was picked for one of our events. It was a small nonprofit that was growing and then ultimately was wound down and merged into a, another local nonprofit. So I think that was, you know, speaks volumes to the, the level of involvement in the community and just trying to give back. And I think that one kind of stands out for me. You guys nailed it from the same perspective that I viewed it. Really, the, the highlight of all of GFN for me was when I reached out to Jimmy in the middle of the pandemic and said, I miss everybody. Like, I really want an excuse to interact with them. How do you feel about a podcast? And I was truly shocked at how quickly Jimmy was like, yeah, sure, we can do, like, Jim, there's a fearlessness to you. Like, there is some, it's amazing. You're like, yeah, of course, we can do a pocket. Like, it would, it was so terrifying to me to, like, think of actually putting our voices out there and asking people to come on and be recorded. 
And you're like, I blast out emails to people that don't want them all the time. That's not a problem for me at all. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do it. And then when you think about the impact we have had on all of the episodes and giving exposure to these charities and some of the connections we've been able to make for people from, from doing the podcast, it has been it's so rewarding and awesome. And we couldn't do it without the guys on here and the men and women that are part of GFN that have been uh, guests over the, the almost year and a half we've been doing it now, which is awesome. Yeah, I think it gets the credit to the group, just that willingness to kind of, you know, give someone a shot or give some, something a chance. And Phil being the first person on the podcast, I, I think that was important because he's a core GFN Philly member. Circling back here, I have a couple of quick GFN Philly memories. I think one of the, the most unique events we had was, if you guys remember the tailgate down the Philly's parking lot, we actually didn't even have Philly's tickets. We just showed up to the parking lot. We had a barbecue cater dropped off and the Joe and I drove over to a Bell Beverage to get beer. There may have been only 20 people there that night, but it was a really good turnout. I think maybe, Bowen, you'll remember this one. One of the early events is, I think we were going to... Happy Rooster. Happy Rooster. Yeah, that, that, that was, was one of the first there. Yeah, yeah that was one of the Happy Rooster. So we didn't tell them we were coming and we didn't know <laughs> how many people were showing up. But I remember there may have been 30 of us. We tried to walk in and we're like, what are you guys doing? You guys can't fit in here. <laughs> and we ended up going to Nottinghead, if you recall. And we just, yeah. we, we set up shop and we had a really good turnout. And then um, I think my favorite non-event story was one of the members in the group prior to GFN Philly having a formal name is we were called GF Network. Unfortunately, him and his wife shared a calendar. He didn't tell her about what the event was. She Googled GF Network, ended up being, unfortunately, a amateur adult site. So <laughs> once I got the memo from that, we had to change the name. I then smartly Googled GFN Philly to make sure that that was kosher. And here we are now with GFN Philly. Question number four, I'm going to go around the table here and, and just ask you in a rapid fire segment, what type of, you know, what type of GFN Philly is your favorite event? So if you recall, we, we typically have had coffee events, the lunch series, the happy hour, the tailgate, the golf outing. So I'll start with Philip. What's your favorite GFN Philly event? Yeah, the lunch series, they're always fun, right? Rap Shack is that's the, uh, the go-to place, but it's uh, always a great time to at least spend, you know, quality time, right, you know, with some of the GFN Philly members. I would say lunch. I'd go with a happy hour. You can get some time with a lot of people. I mean, the golf outing is always great, and I look forward to it every year. But, you know, you're with the same four guys for four hours. Yeah. So, you know, doing the get, getting the rounds in the happy hours is, is good to, to mix in between those lunch events and the, and the golf. Uh, for me, it really is. It's a tie between the coffees because I met so many great people at those coffees and I made it to two or three of the lunch series. And those were just such a good time every single time. And all of the lunch series I think that I went to, I might have known one of the four or five people that were there. And by the time you're leaving, you're like high five and hugging and it was always just a great crew. You know, it's it's tough because they're all good for all different reasons. But I, if I had to pick one, I'd go with the coffee meetup. It's always good. Kick things off in the morning. Still got the whole the day ahead. And um, shout out to our uh, city partner there, Grand Cafe, Laquila. Always uh, so accommodating that we just take over the whole place at, uh, you know, 8 a.m. So before I mention the favorite, yeah, so a shout out to Grand Cafe, too, because there's always, like, two unsuspecting people having a nice cup of coffee in the same area where 30 of us are about to just crash into and I'm seeing the look on their face as the group grows is always funny but I, I would say the happy hour again just you know thinking about ones in the past and the one we're having tomorrow just the mix of people just gives me you know the most opportunity to talk to the most people I like them all but I'll go with the yards beer over the rest I think I would go happy hour but however just given back how GFN started as a happy hour 
I guess then to wrap up this podcast, as we look back on the last 10 years, what do we see for the next 10 years of GFN Philly? Well, Jim, how long are you willing to continue to send out emails? <laughs> from my standpoint, like we're getting to the point now where I'm far from the young guy. And, and that's kind of where this started. So to the point where even, you know, some some really solid up and coming younger folks, I'm bringing them along to try to help them in a pretty casual way develop their own network. You know, I'm not there to necessarily spend a ton of time with them, but encourage them to meet their peers, you know, because I think that was a good experience for me 10 years ago. I've definitely got like a little poly walnuts, like gray hair thing starting to, to show up on the side here. So it's a reminder that time is, is going by, but I, I like the fact that we can get, you know, just even younger folks just within M&T, a part of something like this. It's so exciting to see the next generation of people start to participate in in GFN, right? Like, I think we we can guess at what it's going to be. I mean, Phil will probably end up becoming the mayor, and then we'll have this really uh, prestigious alumni, not. and Terry's <laughs> going to be the attorney general. You know, all the normal stuff of having a powerful group of people that essentially like the Illuminati of Philadelphia. And it's just, it's really cool to see the next people that are going to be coming and going to the happy hours and doing the golf events and 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 what that'll look like. Yeah, I remember going to one, one of the happy hours. I forget. I mean, obviously it was pre-pandemic and the, the number of people that actually did not know was pretty surprising, right? Because there are a bunch of new people. And I think to, to Rick's point, that is if there's any sort of legacy that the founding, call it a founding group, should have is to ensure that the group continues not just with us, but, you know, new people coming along. And that's going to be important for at least all of us, I think, to kind of get people engaged so that it, it does survive. I don't know what the next 10 years brings for GFN Philly, but, you know, if we keep that open mindset of trying to make events worthwhile for people, and if you keep in mind that people are taking time away from their families or their personal lives to spend time at an event, I think that does come through a lot. They can see there's a level of care there. There may not be, a, you know, balloons and fanfares or name tags, but I think that there's a sincerity or an honesty to these events where you're meeting good people, build a foundation and go from there. Some people, you may meet once and that's it. And there's other people you may build a lifelong relationship. This was us 10 years ago. You just never know who you're going to meet and what doors will open when you go there. But I think the important part is maybe just showing up and not having any expectations of what something is or isn't. Just like Joe talked about, it's that go-giver mentality. Thanks, Jim, for all you've done over the last 10 years. Yeah. You know, a, lot, yeah. a lot of us on the call and the 200 plus members, I, I know, appreciate it. I would agree. Anytime. That's it's good. always nice to have 350 people uh, reminding you how terrible you are at grammar. And the... <laughs> <laughs> so I don't read them anymore, Jim. I just... <laughs> just click the link. Just click, yeah. click the link. <laughs> Guys, and thanks for joining us here on the GFN Philly 215 Question Podcast. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. The bamboo sipping on private stock. <laughs>